Hello, everyone. It's good to see everybody's face. Um, we're going to read in 1 Corinthians today, but we're going to set something up first because I want you to understand what's being said when we read it. So let's start way back from the very beginning. If you're going to open your Bibles to page one and then go back a few pages. Before all of that, God was everything. He was all there was, and it was more than enough. Okay? Let's, let's start there. And then he starts creating things. And he, he creates two things at a time oftentimes. The light, the darkness. Then he creates the, the waters and the, or the seas and the land. And then he starts creating creatures. And he creates two of them that can become one. And so when something happens early on in Scripture, it's good to pay attention to that because it, it tells us something about the heart of God and where things are going. So there's two things that he creates, man and woman. And he creates them so that they can come together and become one thing. Okay? So let's just pop that in our brains um, that God likes things becoming one. Okay? So I'm going to tell you some more about scriptures. We read in Genesis 2.24 what I just read. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Two becoming one. Throughout the scriptures, we see God gathering his people, trying to make them one with himself. That's his heart. Uh, Zechariah, he has this prophecy that in in the end, he says, Zechariah 14, 9, And the Lord will be king over all the earth. On that day, the Lord will be one, and his name will be one. Okay? John 17. If you ever want to study something, you ever wonder, I want to go to the Bible, but I don't know where to start. Go to John 17. Just spend some time in that. It's a great prayer. It's Jesus's last requests before he goes to the cross. So in John 17, 21, Jesus prays that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, one. Why? So that the world may believe that you sent me. We see this a couple times in John 17. The world will believe that you sent me when they see a oneness here. Two verses later in John 17, 23. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly, guess what the word is? One, yes. They may be perfectly one. Why? So that the world will know that you sent me and you loved them even as you loved me. So us becoming one as a body tells the world that God loves them like he loves his own son. That's really a powerful statement. Um, Paul starts talking about it in Galatians 3. After the death, resurrection, um, ascension of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, something new happens in the world and there's this new body and it's one. And he's saying, how's this work here? And he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. These were opposites in, the people, in, the, in that world in their minds. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither, neither male nor female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. That's how it works. It's never been seen in the world. And you may not act like that sometimes, or you may not think that way sometimes, but that's the actual reality that Jesus brought. In 1 Corinthians, we're, we're actually talking about this book. So later in the same letter that we're going to be reading today, Um, Paul's talking about when all of this gets wrapped up, when this creation, see, remember in the beginning, it was only God and that was more than enough. It was only him. There was nothing outside of him. But something inside of him wanted to share that with somebody evidently. (laughs) And so he'd created all of this. And so in the end, in verse 28, 1 Corinthians 15, 28, when all things, this is a fascinating Trinitarian kind of uh, 
thing. We, can't, we don't have time to get into it, but it's, just listen to it. When all things are subjected to him, God, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, so that God may be all in all. So it starts off before God's everything, and he's more than enough. Then he said, I want to share this with somebody, apparently. And so he creates these people that didn't do anything to deserve any of it. And in the end, he becomes all in all, but yet this time we get to be a part of that somehow. That's astounding, is it not? I mean, that's just an amazing thing to think about. So this is what is happening um, when, when we start to read what Paul's about to say. There's the big picture, and when people start focusing on little other things, that's what, um, that's what bugs Paul. And so we're going to be in, F, we're gonna be in Corinth. Corinth. Um, and so Paul's in Ephesus when he writes this. And when I first wrote this sermon, I was going to tell you all, all, all that led up to this, but we don't have time for that either. But Paul's in Ephesus, and he's, a start, he's working with the church there. He was in Corinth, and he's been on two missionary journeys at this point, one with Barnabas, one with, um, he's with Silas this time. And on this journey, he picked up Timothy and Luke along the way, planted churches in Galatia, Thessalonica, all these other places. Um, went to Berea, got kicked out of there from somebody from Thessalonica. He went to Athens. They all reunited in Athens, and then they went to Corinth. So Corinth, I have this thing. And I think if I just pointed at it, it starts to do something. Um, no. Yeah, there it is. Look at that. Cool, right? Um, and so Corinth is right here. Um, and at the time, Corinth was a super metropolitan or cosmopolitan city. People from all over the, the world were there. A lot of ex-Roman soldiers got some land deal there. So a lot of them moved there. So a lot of Romans, ex-Roman soldiers are here. And it's in Greece, so a lot of that. But also, you see this Aegean Sea? If you wanted to go to Italy, if you, this is the Aegean Sea, and this is the Ionian Sea over here, and the Adriatic's up here, and the Mediterranean's out here. So if you wanted to take anything to Rome or take anything from Rome to somewhere else in the world, you'd look at a map and you'd say, this is the best way. But the problem with this red one is super treacherous waters. It, it, there was a saying that says, hey, if you've made that journey twice, don't do it again because you've already pushed your odds too far. Um, so if there was only some kind of way to get through here, because that in there is like nice waters to, to sail in and 